Hey, yo. What's up? We are Fantasy on Draft. Welcome to episode numero 12. I'm NMFL with my co-host. Should we just start over? <laughs> God damn it. Hey, yo. What's up? We are Fantasy on Draft. Welcome to episode numero 12. I'm NMFL with my co-host, Miyagi Poka. What is going on, man? Man, I'm just letting you know that I'm giving up on fantasy football. Oh, bummer. You're hearing it here first. Podcast is dead to me. Football's dead to me. I'm dead on the inside, and I hate everything. I lost in every dynasty league that I was trying to win, <laughs> including Joe Griff beating me by over 100 friggin' points. Oh, damn. And... I won in the damn league I'm trying to tank in. I just can't get it right. Yeah, that's bad all, all the way around for you, man. <laughs> I, think Joe, I think Joe actually beat me by 115-ish, if I remember correctly, which I wow. don't want to do. I want to remember incorrectly. But, yeah, I'm great. How was your fantasy week? Oh, dude, it was so great. It was so wonderful. I mean, if you take all the negativity and sadness that you have right now and you just put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it, it's, it's sure lots of winning for me. That's uh, uh, all I did. I lost in one league that I, I hardly care about, and I lost to my boy Eckler, so I can't even be mad at him. Mm. Can't even be mad at that because that dude is like, he's my fantasy football spirit animal. I love that dude. And, yeah, I just, I, I, just, uh, I won, and then I won some more. I won big. I won close. I mm. came back from behind to win miraculously, and then, um, and then I won again. So, uh, suck okay. it. Yeah. Well, guys, since Miyagi <laughs> is on a much more positive note than I am, we just want to say happy Thanksgiving. We're thankful that you all listen to our podcast. We love doing it. Happy to get together and talk fantasy every week. Even weeks like this where Miyagi has to talk me off the fantasy cliff. I really did. I, I had to soften one of the blows because one of those losses was to me, and it was in a very important league to you. And yeah. I did have to point out, you'd rather lose to me than to this other ass clown in the league. That's a good uh, point. That's so, a good point. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I got to put that in perspective for you. So that, that, was, uh, that was nice. I'm glad I got to help you out there, friend. Thanks, man. <laughs> got you. On today's episode, we're going to get into week 11 news around the NFL. We'll talk a little injuries, probably some regrettable decisions or people that just suck for us, my whole team. <laughs> we'll get into our six-pack of the week, and we'll give you some matchups for week 12 that we think you can take advantage of. We're also going to end the show with the drunk trade of the week, just the worst trade or trade offer we saw this week. There was a lot this week, too. There was, yeah. too. But first... Let's get into beer of the day. Miyagi, we're going to drink a Firestone Walker Brewing Company. We're going to drink their DBA, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I love this beer. Um, I think I start out with saying that about almost all the beers we're drinking, but, but this one I truly has a, it has a special spot for, for me. Um, the uh, original brewer of Firestone, Jeffers, uh, lives here in Chico, and he kind of opened me up to a lot of craft beer knowledge. And with Firestone DBA kind of being his brainchild, his, like, stamp on the craft beer world actually he's done so much more than just this beer but um he really kind of opened uh opened me up to like how to balance a beer out so when you're drinking a firestone dba it's like a nice sweet malt not like a candied sugary malt um it, there's almost no bitterness in it it's like a traditional english cascade like pale 
Um, but before, like, Amer like they got bastardized by just a shit ton of hops. It's just like an old school traditional English ale, and uh, it comes in right at like five percent. And uh, they're they're a California-based brewery. They're out of Paso Robles. I I love like the caramel sweetness of it. It's just a great after-work beer. It's like a, a perfectly well-centered beer, you know. Yeah, I haven't had this beer in a couple of years. Uh, when you know we first started doing beer together, you were real big into this beer, and I tried it, and it just wasn't my style. I'm kind of a one-note guy, and especially in the beginning, I wanted those punchy IPAs. Yeah. But tasting this again, this is great. I, this is super drinkable. Um, it's actually listed as an English pale ale coming in at 5% ABV, and it is crushable. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could drink this all day. Oh, I have before. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Our uh, we have an old buddy that used to work with us. Uh, our buddy Eddie. Oh, Eddie. Yeah, he's now down in Mexico selling real estate. No, but he loves this beer. He loves this beer. He actually <laughs> literally just reached out to me like three days ago, and he was trying to hey help me find something that's similar to that beer, and he was showing me it was on the shelf, and it was like IPAs and stouts, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, you're you're not in the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's truly a. a a, a gateway like approachable uh beer to craft beer and and you know since we started drinking together we've hit basically for the cycle we went from ipas to double ipas to triple ipas to stouts to sours to hazy ipas to pastry stouts to barley wines to everything and now like i mean I'm no like we'll just drink a white claw and call it a day, you oh, know. Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll drink a nice lager. I'll, like I have Trumer on draft at my house, like a nice light beer. Like there's, I don't need all that fancy shit anymore. <laughs> there's a meme out there that I haven't seen in a long time, but it's like just a regular dude drinking like a Coors Light, and then it's like then he starts getting into like a pit. and each like beer that he's moving up the scale, he's getting a little douchier, a little douchier, <laughs> a little douchier, yeah. and then like you know gets the full beard and the, <laughs> the hat and you know just the douchiest and then it like goes even like to the next step and they're back to drinking like regular pale yeah. ales and they're the normal you know <laughs> yeah. normal joe schmo that that's kind of what this one's like yeah yeah coming back to it i really am like oh geez this yeah. is okay yeah i don't need to be that douchebag i was 10 minutes ago yeah yeah you're still a douchebag but you know okay, at least you can enjoy a nice english pale ale <laughs> Uh, real quick, their socials are at Firestone Walker. I would guess you would recommend this beer to somebody? Absolutely, yeah. And it's in cans, right? In bottles? It's cans usually bottles. out and about. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to find um, in any major distributed area. So it, it, it is a flagship beer for a, a huge brewery. So it, it should be there. All right. Yeah, they, they definitely um, get around... I mean, all up and down California for sure. I'm sure they go east some too, but oh yeah, I they're mean, national here in town. I know you can get their beers at Safeway. Yeah, so I know that they're. You go to a replicable bottle sh body <laughs> bottle shop, and you're definitely gonna be able to find Firestone Walker there. Yeah, with 805 kind of exploding their brand, they they got into a lot of places. So, all right, guys, let's get into some news and notes for the week. Uh, we're just gonna start off with the big one, Jonathan Taylor. Or should we say Jonathan Wynn Taylor? Or how about Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. Five touchdowns. Five Jeez. touchdowns. And 
Against the Bills. It wasn't against the Jets. Yeah, that was the thing. It was, like, against the number one defense. Like, by a lot, the number one defense, run defense, pass defense. These guys are studs all across the board on that defense. (laughs) And Jonathan Taylor was like, not today, guys. Yeah, my only league that I uh, cared about this week that I won is a redraft. So I won one redraft, and I had Jonathan Taylor. That Well, I actually had Jonathan Taylor and Eckler. Yeah. Um, That's a good recipe. Because the rest of my team sucked, <laughs> as you'll find out during the rest of the episode. But, uh, yeah, crazy Jonathan Taylor, and it's crazy that he has just completely outshadowed Austin Eckler. I mean, Austin Eckler had an amazing game. Yeah. He had four touchdowns and 130-plus total yards. Just killed it from beginning to end of that game. And, and it's just like... I mean, it, it, it reminds me of his huge season. He was a running back, too, a couple years back, and it's like nobody even remembers that because Christian McCaffrey rushed for 1,000, ran or caught 100 Cut. passes, yeah. had 1,000 yards receiving. And so everybody forgot, like, Austin Eckler was still over 1,000 yards rushing and 900 yards receiving. Like, the dude just – he flies under the radar. Dude's rude. such a stud. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love Austin Eckler. And in that, that redraft, it's my only share of Jonathan Taylor and – have Eckler with him too. I just I love it. I also have Debo in that, oh, so yeah. that one's that one's good. Yeah. That's a good uh, running back three on your team. There. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, only had seventy nine yards rushing last yeah. week. Uh, Giants they fired Jason Garrett. That's pretty exciting if you're a Giants fan. Yeah, I did give that um, an audible slow clap because he's known to clap. No matter what he's doing. <laughs> See, damn it. How did I miss that? Yeah, um, it, it's just, he, he he's, he's so boring. He's so bland. Like, there's nothing. I mean, we uh, I was watching the Manning um, broadcast, yeah. and Peyton's analysis was perfect. He's like, why, why aren't they just handing it to Saquon? Like, you need a yard, hand it to Saquon. Why are, right. you, doing, why are you doing this other stuff? Like, that doesn't make sense. And um, I was, I thought... Um, with his success, Zeke had under under his coaching that um, maybe Saquon would would get that same type of role. But I'm, you're starting to really understand that was Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, yeah, for Kellen sure. Moore's the yeah. um, So uh, good riddance. I mean, I'm sure you're a really nice guy and a decent human being, but you you suck for for fantasy purposes, and that's what the show's about. Yeah. So good. Get riddance. out. Yeah. Bye. Um, Cam Newton had a good game. Is he for real? Is he back? Dude, I actually watched this game last night and. Um, First off, it was really hard for me not to just watch CMC on every play and just cry tears of joy seeing my boy back. Um, but um, to watch the whole team in the whole field, Cam Newton looks good. He was getting the ball down the field on his like old school zip, like just on a frozen rope. Um, he didn't go super deep down the field, but he was throwing... Uh, you know, some good 20-yard passes down to the tight yeah, ends in the flat. That's and, all you got to do. Yeah, and squeeze them into tight windows. He was that's making, nice. And you know what else I noticed about Cam Newton is where, nor- sorry, where normally he was um, just looking for an opportunity to run the ball, especially in New England. Like that first touchdown he threw, he had a wide-open lane to the end zone, but he would have taken some contact. And so he faked like he was running, and as soon as those linebackers moved up, oh, nice. he tossed the ball to DJ Moore, and he didn't take a hit. I saw him do that a couple times. There was plays where you know, the old Cam Newton would have tried to take out a linebacker for an extra three or four yards or maybe even a touchdown. Who knows? He, he can break off a run, which he did in this game too. He broke off a 20-yard touchdown. But he was making those smarter decisions with his body. And I think it, 
it better late than never. I wish he would have done that a little bit earlier in his career to have some more staying power. But um, it's good to see, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm really encouraged by it. So nice, yeah. No, it's uh, I'm excited because I have a lot of his weapons. So yeah. I hope that he can help them out and um, can improve some DJ Moore shares. And yeah. obviously, uh, CMC is CMC, and CMC was you know, started his run with Cam, so we know that that's going to, you know, should be good there. And yeah, they're cohesive. It's not, yeah, exactly. it's not like he's going to just take away all right, CMC's right. stuff. Right, and, you know, he'll pilfer a, a goal line carry here and there, but in the long run, CMC was always been good, even with Cam. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, also in 2012, fantasy-related news, Adrian Peterson was released by the Titans. I think that's probably all we need to say. Uh, moving on. Okay, injuries for the week. Uh, my boy CeeDee Lamb um, got a concussion, and such a disappointing. It was a throw in the end zone that was just thrown behind, and they went up, and it was intercepted, and he hit his head on the way down, sat out the rest of the game, Yeah, the majority of Ugh, gross. You mean when you needed him? Yeah, yeah. When Not only did I need him, but Amari Cooper was out, so yeah. it was ready for him to take over and be the guy. Um, but no, concussion. He is in concussion protocol. It doesn't look good because they play Thursday. They play on Thanksgiving, so he doesn't have a lot of time. Um, Dallas is trying to sound optimistic that he's going to come back and, and play, but... I don't really see how they're going to do that. He didn't practice yesterday. Haven't heard for today yet. Um, kind of a game time. Pay attention, but I would plan on him not playing. Yeah, so I was listening to Stefani Bell talk on uh, the Fantasy Focus, and um, she uh, um, was talking about concussion protocol and how it's nonlinear, like every concussion is different. And she actually, she actually sounded kind of optimistic about CD Lamb playing on Thursday. Okay, um, okay. Which, which if she says it, I've said it before. Like that's that's what I listen to over anybody else. Um, she does say there's a lot of stuff to still go through, but he didn't have the type of concussion where it was ca- causing. Um, uh, I forget the word she used, but like emotional up and downs the oh, next okay. day. Yeah. Um, he did have a little bit of soreness in his neck and um, a headache which is a bad sign, obviously. Headaches are bad after a concussion. But he wasn't showing any of the personality or emotional kind of turmoil of having your brain fucked up. So that's a, that's a good thing. Um, granted, uh, he's a human being. I would hate for him to push himself and hurt himself even more um, and have, like, no life after football. Yeah. But um, if it was a real mild type of concussion and he's ready to go and um, Amari Cooper isn't playing again... Uh, I would, I'd feel confident starting him up. Yeah, I think if he does get the green light to play, that definitely start him, be happy with that, put him in, get him going. But I would just have a backup plan. Be, be prepared. Yeah. And, um, you know, you'll know it's a Thursday game. So you'll know, you'll know early it's not one of those ones where you have to decide if you play somebody and then he plays Monday. It's a Thursday game. You'll know, you know, that day and you can either get him in or, or put somebody else in. Just have a backup plan. A.J. Brown uh, had a chest injury. He also left the game. X-ray was negative on his ribs, and he hopes to play. But, I mean, is he even a threat right now? I mean, him injured, no King Henry. Yeah, so this is kind of what we were all worried about with with Tannehill. Um, 
Tannehill's been a beast the last couple of years, but that's because with that play-action pass, um, because they have to stack the box for Derrick Henry, and even that doesn't stop the dude. So you have that type of offense being run. Um, I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more of a sample size with A.J. Brown and Julio for Tannehill to right, kind of work with. Right. Um, obviously, Adrian Peterson wasn't cutting it to kind of draw that attention to the run game. It does look like Deontay Foreman is, though. He's he's putting in some work. Right. Um, but, you know, if, if Tannehill is making dumb decisions, he had six turnovers this last week, then if, if you're turning the ball over and your quarterback sucks, then and no, your wide receiver one doesn't have a lot of value. Right. It doesn't matter how good of a, of a prospect you are or a physical specimen you are because he's, he's a beast. We all know that. We've seen it. He is an elite wide receiver one. Um, could even be considered the dynasty wide receiver one. Right. He is that, he's that good. But if your quarterback is throwing it to the other team and they can double cover you and make sure they have safety coverage over you every chance that they – basically every play that you're running around because they don't have to worry about a running back – then yeah, your your value is going to be diminished significantly, and I think that's what we're seeing with AJ Brown right now. So hopefully they can establish a running game again and get him more involved. Yeah, exactly. I mean, without exactly without the play action that King Henry provides, I mean everything. And you know they're playing New England this week, and New England is so good at taking yeah. away your number one option. Yeah, I mean they that is what they do. So they're taking away Ferkser. <laughs> so. You know, I, I'm i going to struggle with this exact scenario. I have A.J. Brown in a very important league to me, and I'm hoping to sit him. Um, you know, now I'll have to have a better, not a better option, just a decent option, which, depending on buys and injuries, isn't always the case. But Do you have uh, a name on the top of your head right now for that league? I'm curious. I'm just curious what the level would be at, because sitting A.J. Brown is a, is a bold take. And even though, like, everything I just said, I agree with you 100%, and I do understand, like, they're playing the Patriots defense and it's schemed out, it's still A.J. Brown. And we've talked before about uh, starting your studs and you don't want to lose with this person on your bench. But I do know you do, do have quite a bit of stacked teams, so I'm just yeah. wondering if we can give a name up. No, there. it is my stacked team, and, and you know, that is going to help me a lot. Uh, you know, D.J. Moore is who had been kind of riding the, riding the bench for me um, as a wide receiver, so I can put him in. He's playing Miami. That's, yeah, you that's, know, a, that's good, a good matchup. Um, I'm hoping to get CeeDee Lamb, you know, if he's back and if he does play, you know. So it is, that is, I mean, that's, that is the question. You're not going to go and just start, you know, A.J. Mal- Green. <laughs> Valdez-Scantling. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Valdez-Scantling had a great game. He had a huge game, you know. Like, don't ride that. Don't play yeah. him over A.J. Brown if A.J. Brown is healthy and ready to go. But also, you know, be a little cautious that there's a chance that New England puts everything they have into shutting that guy down. Yeah, and if you have a stacked team like you do, um, that I'm thinking like for, for my expert team, there's there's players like that. So if you're looking for, I mean, we could have done this on our matchups to avoid too, but um, the the Patriots and A.J. Brown, it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely. Um, Michael Carter. He had a low-grade ankle sprain, um, but he's already uh, it's already come out that he's going to miss two to three weeks, so he's already done. 
Justin Fields had a rib injury. Um, X-rays were also negative on his, but he's also already been ruled out for the week. Andy Dalton is going to start. Do you think that helps or hurts uh, Mooney at all? Um, so I really like Mooney. Um, I think he's going to be really good, and I think uh, when Andy Dalton took over the game, it, it seemed like Mooney um, was more involved. But, you know, he had that one really long touchdown that was on a screen. That was a really short pass. Um, and, and, you know, Fields could have made that pass too. But I do think that Andy Dalton, just with his experience, I mean, he is a playoff caliber quarterback in the past. He has led the Bengals to the playoffs. And um, I think after sitting a few weeks and seeing kind of what the offense can do just from the outside looking in instead of running for your life out there and just trying to throw the ball to somebody, I actually think uh, Mooney's going to be okay. And I, fuck it, I might start Allen Robinson for the first time in a while. Ooh, I think Allen Robinson might be out. Am I, am you know I wrong what? on that? <laughs> I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think, I think, he, I think he's, think he's going to be out this week. Um, but, yeah, Mooney... Um, well, I then that just makes like it him. even more so moody. Yes. <laughs> Adam Troutman, he is out four to six weeks with an MCL sprain, which is a bummer. He was he was coming on. Yeah, it really sucks because, you, you know, there's um, there's been hope for him all season. Like he was he was a potential yeah. huge breakout tight end this year, and we finally got to start seeing it. it like in this game, <laughs> like we didn't get a whole lot of it until literally this game. And then uh, he's got to go out and uh, sprain, his, sprain his MCL. Like, dick move, man. Do better for us. Yeah, be done, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> um, we got some questions from the bar. Um, we had some questions from our Facebook page that came in. Um, our friend, a friend of the show, Butt Fumble, uh, Nate Tipton. Thank you, buddy. He asked us if we have any free agent advice. And uh, said that, you know, he was kind of hurting with some guys being injured, some guys on by, if we had any free agent advice for him. For us, it's kind of tough because, you know, today we're recording on a Wednesday. We normally record on a Thursday. And I think in 99% of leagues, waivers have already run. Um, you know, so it's kind of tough for us to, uh, to give that advice because probably by the time you hear us, they've already been picked up. And yeah. if not, we're, maybe we're wrong. I don't know. I mean, you know <laughs> yeah. but, um, just to touch on a couple people that kind of are free agents this week that um, may possibly still be available. Um, for running backs, uh, Ty Johnson um, with Michael Carter out for the Jets. Ty Johnson probably gets some run, right? Yeah, yeah. so we've seen it with Ty Johnson before. And he's actually had some value in the past when filling in for an injured player. And, and he's the type of player where it's like, okay, you'll have one really good game filling in for somebody, but then if you have to do it more than two weeks, like, you start to fall off pretty significantly. So he can be a rug pull. Like, he'll get you all excited, and then he'll just yank that carpet out from under you and give you, like, a one- or two-point game. Right, and, right. And unfortunately, like, uh, their offense is garbage. Like, Sala, who I, who I really liked, I thought he was going to be an awesome coach, uh, the old defensive coordinator from the Niners, moving there for his first head coach gig. Well, he's th- also a defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, I said. <laughs> no, 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 uh, I'm just saying, you know, he's not an offensive guy. He's not bringing an offense with him he, as much. But Yeah, but, well, he brought, um, uh, 
he brought uh, one of the other coaches from the Niners yeah, with him, yeah. though. Trying uh, to bring the uh, Niners uh, offense. L- Lombardi? Is that, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I was excited, but they're they're hot trash, man. They're, yeah. they're a steamy pile of garbage. And um, so if you need, if you're desperate um, for, for a one-week fill-in, you could do worse than Ty Johnson. I think in daily fantasy, he's definitely a great play to have uh, in your DFS lineups um, so you can spend high on, on a different position group. But um, as far as my teams, I, I haven't even put in a waiver claim for him. Yeah, I have a league this morning. Uh, I had an empty roster spot in a redraft league, and I picked him up. Um, no real expectation to play him or anything like that i just figured i had a roster spot i'll throw him on my roster so that somebody else doesn't but again he wasn't there was no waivers set for him you know he was just there this morning after our waivers ran and you know what um besides even the waiver pickup not going through for him um this kind of goes back to one of your tips that you did a, a, a few weeks ago where it's like if you have people who are on ir uh malcolm brown hollywood brown went on ir um, Antonio Brown was announced he was out. You could have put him on your IR spot. You could have picked up somebody like a Ty Johnson right. just as a gamble. So right. this is when those type of lotto tickets can pay off, or you could have traded them to the Michael Carter order for, for a fourth round or right, something like right. that. So um, kudos to you for that awesome advice. Um, what about we got David Johnson or Rex Burkhead for Houston? They uh, just cut Philip Lindsay. Um, this last week, Rex got something like 18 carries, I think, and David Johnson got 13 carries. I mean, don't get me wrong, neither of them did much with it. Yeah. But, you know, opportunity. Opportunities, everything. Um, Any thoughts on them? Or also, uh, they just activated Royce Freeman as well. Any any thoughts on those guys? So I'm a little biased here because I actually did pick up Royce Freeman in a couple leagues a while back. What? Did you put money on him? Unfortunately, I did um, when I thought he was going to the Ravens. Um, but uh, he, he is a talented-ish running back. I don't, uh, he's, he's another one of those players like your carry-on where it's like, dude, I don't know why they can't activate him. I've seen him do it. He's a talented running yep. back. I just don't know why he's not getting any action. Um, but uh, out, of, out of those three, I'm actually going to go with Rex Burkhead, man. Like, I, yep. I'd I love to meet some David Johnson back in the day. He, he doesn't look the same. He has it in years. Um, but Rex Burkhead is just kind of one of those like gutty, gritty players where he just manages to, to catch enough passes, make enough happen after a catch. Um, he can break off enough little little plays to, to be relevant. And then, I mean, he's got a nose for the end zone, man. Like, he, he gets touchdowns. So out of those three, I would probably go Rex Burkhead. I think I would, too. Um, David Johnson could catch some balls and make him, make him a relevant week. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's going to – I don't know if any of them are really going to be relevant. Yeah. But if you're desperate – Super desperate. If you had to start one, I would go – Take a flyer. Go for a kid. Tony Jones Jr. for New Orleans. Um, he started out the season as Kamara's direct backup, and then he got hurt. He's been out for a while. Then they signed Ingram. Now Kamara's out. There's a chance Ingram is out. Would Tony Jones be somebody you might take a flyer on? Absolutely. So this is one of the guys that I actually did put a lotto pick in in uh, one of the leagues I'm in, and I get to stash him. Uh, he's even, – even before the season started, he looked really good. Yeah, yeah. Like that was the, that was the news. He was like, awesome if, you know, Kamara's definitely – 
like unequivocally the number one. There's no chance like he's losing any of his touches or position or status or anything like that. But they were really excited to have somebody like another Ingram who can lighten that load so Kamara can be a badass all season. So unfortunately, this guy got hurt. And now we're seeing what happened when Kamara was getting all that work. He is, you know, he's got some durability issues. So he's been out for a couple weeks. God damn it. And um, so with, you know, if Tony Jones comes back, yeah, I'm firing yeah, him up. Yeah, I'm firing too. him up right away. Me too. I did the same thing. I grabbed him a little bit earlier just to hang on to him when he was starting to come back. And maybe it'll pay off. Yeah. Um, for wide receivers, I'm just going to read these guys off. I'm not really, we don't really need to talk about them. They're... None of them are that good. <laughs> um, Cedric Wilson for Dallas. Um, if there's no Amari and there's no CD, um, he could be the wide receiver two, but he's actually the wide receiver four. Uh, Nick Westbrook Akine from Tennessee. Um, he did have 100 yards this last week, um, but the week before it was the other guy, Johnson. And, yeah. You know, so he's kind of just, again, a necessity dart throw if you'd have nobody else. And then Traquan Smith for New Orleans. Um, he hasn't done much, but his snaps have been high. He was at 95% snaps this last week, 91% week 10. So he's out there. Again, he's availability, but... Been down this road yeah. with him before. It, it's, it, and, and especially right now with, like, what is New Orleans' offense? Like, oh. they, they got, like... What it, Troutman's out. They got no Michael Thomas. Kamara's out. They don't. Their their quarterback positioning is questionable at best. Like what the hell is going on there? They um, got a good defense. They've got a good defense. God, go for go for it, guys. I'm proud of that defense. But um, besides streaming them as a startable defense special teams unit, I have no idea what to do with any player on the New Orleans offense until Kamara comes back, who's obviously has said it and forget it. Um, one, I just will throw this out there just because I saw in one of my leagues, but it was a red league, so who knows. <laughs> but um, Elijah Moore is available. Oh, if he's he available. He shouldn't be. Yeah. He's probably not in any of the leagues um, that are decent. But check your waiver wire. If Elijah Moore is out there for the Jets, immediately pick him up play him he's been great yeah elijah moore has a lot of the similarities and it's because he went to the same school um dk and aj brown were his teammates and they both love this dude and um it's the second half of the season now he's acclimated to that offense and we're seeing what he can do he's a fucking beast he's he's a badass um which uh, i'm i'm pleasantly surprised because i thought coming out of college i didn't i had i had rondell moore ranked higher than right him. um so it's uh I'm, I'm pretty happy to see that and as you guys did just hear miyagi pocock uh puts elijah more in the same category as dk and ag brown Oh, do it, yeah. Mark it Mark down. It. Mark it. <laughs> we, we like to talk about when you have a team, you have a good roster that you can just, you know, set it and forget it. You know you got your studs. You're going to play them every week. You don't have to really think about it. That doesn't happen a lot, especially when you get some injuries going and buys start happening. A lot of times you set it and you regret it. Um, you know, who... <laughs> Who hurt you this week, basically, is what I want to know. For for myself, it was my entire roster on every team I own. Um, all my teams. I regret them all. <laughs> I have Dak Prescott in 
too oh, many leagues. God, he sucked. I have Patrick Mahomes in a couple leagues. Unfortunately, I sucked. Yeah. Actually, have a super flex league that I went Patrick Mahomes with my number one pick this year, Dak Prescott with my number two pick this year, and thought to myself, I get a hundred points a week. Yeah. Just out of my quarterback position. Yeah. Instead, I got eleven. Yeah. Not so much this year. CeeDee Lamb got hurt. AJ Brown got hurt. There's no Elijah Moore. Zeke got hurt but played and obviously when Dak doesn't play well Zeke doesn't play well um Antonio Gibson I mean was okay but didn't do anything god I even played Kenny Galladay and he just (laughs) sucks Ah, the list literally goes on and on and on. Yeah, you can stop it at Kenny Galladay. Nobody feels sorry for you for starting that guy at this point. I mean, like, that. how bad has he been? I I mean, so so maybe it's just my destiny to start that guy. You know what? Fuck it. I'll start him this week, too. (laughs) He's going to go off on your bench if you don't. You know it. God, I mean, I literally had the worst fantasy week. I mean, I... I hate it. Yeah, you've been walking around kind of mopey all week, and it... I didn't play against... Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> See, that you can be okay with. Like, if you play against John, like, there's times, like, when I play, I played against Tyreek Hill when he went off the road, like, 59. I'm like, well, fuck, at least I got to lose to something epic. And you just lost to, like, my team that beat you isn't good. I played, like, a, my tight end got me zero points. I had a wide receiver get me four points. My defense got zero points. Like, oh, well, my defense got negative four, so suck it. Yeah, and uh, that's just proof I'm better at fantasy than you because my defense and special teams <sighs> got, got me a zero. What about you, man? Did you, you set anybody and yeah, regret so it? Yeah, so I'm going to go a little bit more, like, analytical here because, like, I just feel bad for you, man. Like, you were, you ate a big old juicy turd this week. and um, Big time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I started Cole Komet, and... Um, I'd looked into it. Like, this is one of those times where I, where I was really kind of thinking about who I should start in a position. And when, when I'm really, like, I'm torn and it's basically a coin flip, I actually try to look into some of their deeper stats. So Cole Komet, he he's the third in the league in route percentages for tight ends. And even though he has no yak yards, like, he just catches a ball and falls down. He, he's physically capable of, you know, excellence if, if you go by his college and uh, combine tape he, he's a talented guy but nowadays he just catches it and falls down and um, that's still really good for a tight end premium league which is what I was looking at um, and I sat Ferkser because the Titan, I figured the Titans would be leading on A.J. Brown because he normally dominates the hell out of the Texans we're talking like right. T.Y. Houston type of dominance right. like he just owns the Texans like almost every team in that division has recently um, but uh, so I sat Ferkser and he went ahead and had himself a decent game. He, he had uh, uh, six receptions for 40 yards, which in uh, tight end premium, that's it's great. It would have been more than enough to win me. And um, I guess I guess the real point is like I hurt myself by relying on either one of those guys. Um, so so there's that. So okay. I, I guess I'm a masochist. I just hurt myself. Okay, all right, <laughs> that'll happen. <laughs> Uh, I just noticed that your beer is empty and my beer is empty. So now that we've finished our first beer, uh, what's got you buzzed? What's something that's got you excited fantasy-wise? Um, well, I mean, just winning, bro. <laughs> like, like mm. I was, 
<laughs> I'm not going to name any names here, but you know, my four and six team was going against a ten and O team and just beat the tar out of them. Man, my two favorite leagues are going great. Awesome, uh, dude. My my EK league that I talk about endlessly. Like I just acquired Devonte Adams to pair with Hopkins. That was a good trade. Mike. I even got Waddle back. I regretted trading him immediately when I traded him. I got. Uh, Michael or uh, James Conner in that trade before and other stuff. There was more involved with that. And I like having James Conner on my team, but I was like the second I traded Waddle away, I was like, fuck. I, I reached out to the guy. I was like, dude, can, can, I, can I trade him back? And I even said, please. And that's how you know shit's real. Like, I don't, I don't go to fantasy players and be like, please help me fix my mistake. Um, but you actually helped me in a three-way trade. I got him back. And, I, and, yeah, and, the, the please got me too. I knew you didn't have a first-round pick. <laughs> At all, and I, I did, so I thought we could, you know, maneuver some stuff, get you Waddle. It did get me Kittle. Yeah, worked out. But, yeah. And, and uh, the other guys were all happy with the trade, too. I think he already traded that pick away and got somebody good. Probably, Is that for yeah. Josh Jacobs? Yeah, you got yeah, Josh yeah, yeah, Jacobs? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, who is having an off year, but I think next year he's going to be a usable player. Um, and, and, you know, I just... I just really, really hope, like, with all the winning that I've been having going on recently, and especially in that EK spurt, uh, I want to get my name back on that trophy so bad. Man. <laughs> like I was telling you, like you, you were, you were heartbroken losing um, in a regular season game, and I, if I don't make the championship game, like I said, there's two other teams in this league. Um, that are very good. And if I lose to either one of them in a championship game, I'm going to be okay with that. But if I don't make the championship game, I'm going to fucking... <laughs> I'm going to fucking melt down, Nick. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to take it. Like, yeah, my team is yeah. way too stacked to not make the championship yeah. game. How about you, man? Like, you, you need to be drinking with the depression you're going yeah, through Yeah, right you know, so, man, like, I, don't, I don't want to be as negative as I am. Yet. There's not a really a whole lot that's got me buzzed for, for fantasy Have this you tried week. whiskey? Um... <laughs> You know, that's what I am thankful for. I'm thankful for the the spiced the spiked eggnog I'm gonna have uh, in the next couple of days. But overall, in fantasy, um, it was my 10 and 0 team that that you beat. And you know, it is that feeling. It is that feeling that um, we're gonna. If you don't make the championship game when your team is as stacked as it is, it's a loss, no matter what. Like yeah. I have, I have other teams where if I make it to third place i'm like oh all right man yeah. that was good <laughs> but when you have a team just stacked and you're the overall you know favorite between you and maybe one or two other teams and it's like nothing you it's the championship game or nothing yeah and that's that's tough that's tough when you get a loss and you know you're like oh you know like it, it's different than I, I have other leagues that are four and six or seven and five and it's like well you know yeah i'm just trying to compete but i'm just happy to be here yeah when you're stacked it's a little different yeah i was telling you like it, it's it's almost to the point where it's not fun um and yeah. uh, almost to the point where it's not fun because my my team was so good like i um for like i was freaking out because it was it was close for a minute it was like the projections were like 60 40 I was gonna win and then like it, it was 10 minutes into the game day <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like oh, yeah. oh god oh it's like dude that's lame man I don't want to be that guy but I'm totally that guy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah nothing's really got me buzzed so let's let's move on let's move on to the question of the week do you like having guys that play on Thursday night? Do you like, like, especially this week, you know, Thanksgiving game, do you like all the games? Do you like to have people so you have some skin in the game, as they say, or do you, does that make a difference? 
so I, I know it kind of goes against like the cerebral emotionless approach that's strictly analytical and, and, I, and I generally support that type of approach. Um, but I, I do give a play, the players a little bit of a boost in my rankings when they're playing on, on Thanksgiving especially, I'll use that. Um, I haven't dived into the numbers like heavily, but it, it does seem like players like to shine on bright primetime and the holiday games. You know, they look forward to this shit all year. And so you have um, something that I've noticed in every Hall of Famer speech and tape and everything that you look at, where they just come through when when the when the lights are the brightest. Yeah, yeah. And so players look to these types of games to really like showcase like, hey, on Thanksgiving, like I caught three touchdown passes and I own the fucking Packers. Anything like that. And and so I do kind of let that influence my my uh, rankings a tiny bit. I don't go crazy and like start Brian Edwards over Cooper Cup or anything stupid right, like that. Right. You know, it's, it's that. Not, it, I'm not just feeding players into my Thursday night lineup just to do it. But if it's like a choice between somebody like CEH and Josh Jacobs as your running back too, and you know you, you kind of don't need them and they can't break you like you, you have a solid lineup somewhere else I, I'll, I'll squeeze Josh Jacobs into a lineup over CEH just to for one see if they can kind of get that advantage uh, playing on a Thursday night game two because I like rooting for people yeah, during yeah. like especially on Thanksgiving so Thursday night games are one thing but Thanksgiving you have football all day yeah. and you're just that, sitting there the like it, it is kind of a bummer like when you have that middle game and you, like you're watching football to watch football, but you're not like, fuck yeah, like, that's my guy, I just got right, a touchdown. Right. Like, I love getting high fives from my kids when they have no idea why I'm so excited. And if I have to sit out a whole middle game of doing that, that does kind of suck. And I also have noticed historically, um, and this is factual, like the home teams on Thursdays are greatly advantaged. Yeah, like they, yeah, they, yeah. they get to stay at their don't own Don't have beds. that trouble, yes, that travel day. Tra don't. Traveling is a, a pain in the ass. And when you have like just that extra couple days just to accommodate yourself and everything like that to what you're used to, a routine and everything like that, the home teams have a huge advantage. So keep that in mind when you're looking at your lineups. How's the boot for you? Yeah, so I think that it is different for me on Thanksgiving, and I think that's the main thing what you mean is because it's an all-day football game. Yeah. Like you're going to watch football all day. Yeah. I do want to watch it with some importance. Um, and I want to, you know, I want to root, root for your guys. Plus, for myself especially, I have a lot of Dallas guys every year. I just, I hate the Cowboys with a fiery passion. Fuck the Cowboys. But when it comes to fantasy, I don't play that game. I will take every single one of their players all day, twice on Sundays. Um, so for myself, always, I end up with a lot of Cowboys. Um, so that game's always important to me. Um, you know, I've in years past, I've uh, well, I guess just last year, I had a lot of DeAndre <laughs> Swift. So for Detroit, you know, yeah. that stuff like that. But I'm not. I don't like having my players go early. So again, Thanksgiving is a little different, but in a especially in a regular, just you know, week eight or whatever. Um, I and and I know it's a psychological thing in my own head, but. I feel like if I have a player left, I can come back. Yeah. Like, you, you like that Monday miracle. I, yeah, I just want to have the opportunity. I hate when my team's done and their team has people to go. because It's like watching your defense out there to stop Tom Brady. On yeah, the there's nothing drive. you can do. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, you, there, yeah. you don't have a chance yeah. except for them to fail. There's nothing yeah. you can do, your team can do to, to better that. So I actually... 
do a lot of the opposite where if I have two guys that are neck and neck in my, you know, in my, like, I mean, you know, in my rankings, they're one's 21 and one's 22, but the 22 guy plays later, plays Monday night, Sunday night. I'm taking that guy nine times out of 10. I mean, if there's any, obviously I'm not going to, you know, like you said, I'm not going to, you know, Brian Edwards over Cooper cup type situation, but if they're, really close and I need a tiebreaker for me that is my tiebreaker yeah. I have a league where I need a kicker for this week I have Butker he's on by um, and so I was just looking through and I had you know the Monday night game was Washington and Seattle well I'm playing Seattle's defense so I don't want the Washington kicker to you know <laughs> so Seattle's kicker was sitting there I'm like you know what Monday night give him to me you know defense and kicker on a Monday yeah night. Dude, bring so, it <laughs> and, and I know that it doesn't there is nothing to it you know what I mean like you're either if you're ahead going into Monday night game you're either gonna win or you're gonna lose I mean it, there's no difference I just hate when there's you're just your points are done in static and there's gonna keep going up and yeah you know I I hate that so so that is for me I am not the guy we have a buddy who recently uh played Sammy Watkins uh, on the Thursday night game because he wanted to have a player in the game. Well, that's stupid. And Yeah, it was stupid. It was the game he like had one catch and a fumble. I think he got him like negative, yeah, negative point two or something oh. like that. Or I don't know. Like it was, you know, it was just like, oh, why, did, why would you do that? And he's like, well, I, I wanted to, someone to root for. So like, that's what daily fantasies. For. I definitely <laughs> don't have that. I am. Yeah. No, that is not. not and and me. I, I do, I do like what you're talking about, where Monday night kind of comes around, and you're like, dude. I, I mean, just this last Monday, I was like, dude, I need so and so and such and such to score less than sixty points. It was Saquon and Godwin, and it was like. It happened, but the first drive, Godwin was like featured part, got a touchdown. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and that's, the, that's actually the perfect one. Like 60 points, we both knew you were going to win and yeah. I was going to lose. Like yeah. we knew that. That was, I mean, that's what. Oh, we, was that our game? Those, I hadn't thought about it. Those guys aren't going to score 60 <laughs> points. But especially that first touchdown, I was like, ooh, could this happen? Yeah. Could Dude. it happen? You know, we play with bonuses in our league. So yeah. if he gets 100 yards and another touchdown and he gets this, which are all things that were doable. Yeah. Not. And we're talking about like, Eckler just got 47. Right. Jonathan Taylor just got 45 right. or 55. Like, right. like, like the, the, it is doable. And for, so for each one of those studs, and they are both legitimate studs, to get 30, yeah, that makes that Monday night um, that much more interesting. It is something that I was watching closely. So it was, it was yeah. awesome. Especially, you know, we play with a bonus. Yeah. So at, you know, at 100 yards and two touchdowns, you're at, you know, what, 27 points? Yeah. Like, you're right there. Throw in a couple receptions and you got it. Right, you know? right. So I like it better when, when I have the opportunity to, to go as opposed to just having to wait and have nothing. And, you know, completely unrelated to anything that happened earlier on, especially, like, questions from the bar, um, we are going to do our six-pack on uh, selling high and buying low this week. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, we'll get right into that. We just wanted to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by Prescribed Burn Hot Sauces. Prescribed Burn is a newer hot sauce maker that has been making some amazing sauces. Michael, the owner, actually smokes the veggies that go into his sauces. He just throws all the veggies on his big smoker before making the sauce. It's awesome. Prescribed Burn doesn't make novelty sauces because they want you to actually enjoy what they make. Check them out at www.prescribedburn.com, and you can get them shipped right to you. 
yeah, they're delicious too. I love I love those. Yeah, the samples we had were great. Okay, let's get into our six pack of the week. For our six pack this week, we're gonna do three sell highs and we're gonna do three buy lows. Um, some of this is gonna be, you know, for redraft for the end of the year, and but some of it might be a little more dynasty. Yeah, I kind of figured uh, I approach this to more of a dynasty aspect anyway, because in some leagues the trade deadline's already passed. Um, in you know, in dynasty trade deadlines should be at the playoffs. Um, so you can use this more for those types of leagues, but you can also keep the same philosophy for, for your redraft leagues as well if you're available to do any of these trades. I, I don't think anything is um, significant. I do have one uh, sell high that could be more towards redraft than dynasty, um, but we'll get into it. Yeah, let's get, let's get it started. Do you want to start with the sell highs or you want to start with the buy lows? Um, let's let's start with the sell highs because okay. I kind of feel like this is going to be a, a downer, especially for me because I, I hate thinking of selling any of these players. But, All right, why don't you start us off? So I'll, I'll just go ahead and start with the, the guy I was just referring to, uh, more so for redraft because Zach Ertz is kind of older in age. Um, he did just come off a tight end one season. He was the tight end one. Um, he, he looks good still. Uh, he's part of that offense. Um, he's got name recognition for days. He's starting to string together some, some, some good games. He can catch a fair value. Um, maybe you can trade him for a younger tight end like a, a Dawson no or, yeah, Knox or Logan Thomas uh, plus something. Um, and if you can't get a player of that value, just, just hold on to him. You know, uh, he, he does still have, especially in tight end premium, um, that value of getting heavily targeted, even if he's very similar to commit. He doesn't do a whole lot after the catch, which I have to retract that as soon as I said it, because his first game with the Cardinals, he broke off like a Longest fucking catch. Yeah, like, and he looked like he had wheels out there. So I don't know, maybe just moving to the deserts kind of rejuvenated him, but he's still a 30 plus year old tight end. Um, and he's, uh, has some value right now with some excitement because you're starting to get those glimpses of what he was a few years ago. Um, it's just not something I want to rely on for the next, you know, couple years. So if, if you have that trade window right now where he has some value to get rid of him, that window might be very small. He might fall off a cliff the next couple weeks. Um, but I expect with Kyler coming back, he is going to hold on to some value for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Right now, Zach Ertz's name recognition, like you said, is up there. He's been doing he's been doing some good stuff. I mean, you asked me, you know, this week, is he a set it and forget it for the rest of the season? And uh, I, th I think so. I mean, that little shovel pass he got to score a touchdown is not something that you decide to just give to somebody that's an old and washed player. You run that play for somebody who has, you know, the speed, the fortitude, and the strength to get in there and score. I mean, that was a goal line carry, yeah. basically. I mean, so, yeah, I think right now if you can move Ertz and, and get some stuff for him, this is as high as he's been in a while. Yes. And uh, I think you're right. I think the Arizona heat is helping those old man bones yeah. out. <laughs> That's exactly it, yeah. My first sell high is DK Metcalf. And I have to admit that part of this is biased and I don't like him. But he still has a high name recognition, especially in Dynasty. He started this season as possibly the, the wide receiver one. I don't think he's still there. Um, but he is a very productive wide receiver, and I think he is still a good wide receiver. Um, I just think that they're not letting Russ cook, you know, and, you know, with Russ with the hand injury right now that he swears is, is better and swears that he's fine. Yeah. Um, I think the stuff you can get 
the players you can get for somebody like DK, um, I think to me is worth it. I think if you can move DK and you can, I mean, he's young. I mean, he's going to be a wide receiver one for the next 10 years. So I'm not telling you to go sell this guy for, you know, somebody that definitely not older. Don't get AJ Green for him. But, right. I, but I mean, if you can, if you can move him and you can get a young you know Elijah Moore. Oh shit! If you can get Elijah Moore plus, which yeah. is you yeah, know, absolutely, doable, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I would say to do that. I just don't think that Russ is cooking the way he was. I don't think they want Russ to cook, and there's a possibility Russ isn't even there. That's what I was just going to get to. Is like it, his his value, I think, is at its pinnacle right now because I don't think Russ is going to be there right. next year. And like more and more stuff is kind of pointing in the direction where this guy might knucklehead his way into an earlier retirement than he intends on. Right. He, right. He, I mean, he's TOing himself all over he's the place. He's a fucking bonehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate because he's as physically gifted as we've right, seen in right. forever. Yeah, um, much like TO. But it's you can only ignore so much stuff if you're getting you know ejected from games for being a fucking bonehead. Then you're not on the field helping your team, and that's you know going to come into play when they're renewing their contract. It's also right. you know. Uh, but I think even the more important thing there that you got to at the end is Russ probably won't be there next right, year. Like right. they were talking about it this off season and they've done nothing to kind of keep the guy there this year. I mean, well, they've got him worse running backs and tried to still run the ball as much as normal. You know, they did do that. Yeah. And Pete Carroll, who knows? He might retire this year. He's old. He's, he's, he's like the oldest coach, right? He's fucking old, bro. He's so happy though. He it's is. He's to, chewing you know? that gum and smiling, clapping, just doing the damn thing, running down the field. Look at look at the cool grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into your big sell high. Let's do it. I love it. Yeah, and I'm glad you do because when when we came in this morning, we started talking. I was like, dude, I hate I hate this because it feels dirty. Like I'm about to I'm about to talk about selling a player that um, I don't want to sell. I'm not telling you to go sell them, but there's a good opportunity. You could get a haul that could change your dynasty team for years coming up for this player right now. So, um, disclaimer, I'm not saying to sell Debo Samuels, but he is my sell high right now. Um, the definition of this segment is to sell high if someone offers you a haul. So, take it. If Debo has been, I mean, Debo's been the offense this, this year, um, but with uh, Kittle back and very much part of the offense, it's going to cut into his usage. That's what I wrote on my thing here. Right. And then I started looking more into it. And their run blocking has skyrocketed since Kittle's been back. And what did they do? They started running the fucking ball with Debo. <laughs> what do you have? Almost 80 yards <laughs> rushing. Yeah. Rushing. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you, you, you tell anybody who, who wants to get this guy that type of stat, and you're going to get a haul. Um, you know, Ayuk, uh, by all counts, has, you know, reestablished himself as somebody who's going to be part of that offense. Good. Take some of that pressure off of Debo because before he was the offense, people were double, triple teaming him. He was still eating him up. So imagine now if they have to start looking at Ayuk and Kittle as well. I mean, I don't know what the value of Debo would be at this point. I wrote this whole thing out, but I, the more I'm looking into his stats, like you could get two firsts and a fucking another stud wide oh, you're receiver. Starting two firsts. Yeah, two firsts and 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 an Plus. Elijah Moore or yeah. a Waddle, or you could get that type of haul. Plus, even more than that, because Debo is like he's he he's literally a, a win but weak. Like he can right. give you that type of performance where he's going to win you that week. So if you have a team that's not necessarily going to go to the playoffs, or you're barely going to make the playoffs just because you have Debo, sell him high. You can get 
you can get your team established for the next three years, basically just off trading this one player. And I can prove that because I've done that before. I sold CMC a few years ago and I had this whole spreadsheet, but basically what I got in return for through a series of trades for CMC was I got um, Cooper Cup, um, Alvin Kamara, Kittle, Aaron Jones, Justin Fields, who ended up turning into Josh Allen. Like you can, if you if you sell at the right time with these players, and you can be in love with them. Like I love Debo Samuel, but you have to do the smart thing. If your team's not going to be competitive, use that resource because you can turn a player like him traded to a competitive team. And you can have your team as an immediate contender next year after this draft, as in addition to having more draft picks in the 2023 draft class, which should be stacked by all accounts. And you can have like a dynasty set up just by making that hard decision by right, selling right. high on somebody like Debo Samuel. And with the type of information like we're giving you right now on this podcast, you can even use that to try to push more for an additional second thrown into a draft or, or even like a, another secondary player thrown into a trade that you're trying to work out and be like, dude, no, like this guy is matchup proof. They're using him in all aspects of the offense. This is what they drafted him to be is a fucking boss. And they're by all accounts, like you watch the dude play, he is playing with passion, with power. He's beating people up yeah, on the field yeah. and loving every second of it. So uh, it sucks to say trade Debo, but he's the definition of so high, man. Like you could get fucking anything for this guy right now. He is right. the wide receiver too, only behind Cooper Cup. And, and he's younger. Right, right. And and I mean, definition of so high, but please, 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 please remember, that means only sell high. Very high. That doesn't mean because his, you know, he's worth so much right now, you sell him no matter what. Yeah. You know, if you're going to... People it, have to romance you out of him. Right, right. <laughs> and that's one of the things, you know, where somebody said, you know, there's kind of stuff happens to us, I think, where somebody sends you a trade and, you know, it's maybe it's a fair trade in a vacuum or it's a fair trade on paper. But you'll just tell the guy, you're like, you know, man... There, you're not even really like he's my, you know, he's one of my favorite players, or he's this, like, you know, and then they're like, well, what would it take to get that guy? And you're like, honestly, you're going to have to start with, you know, two firsts, your second best wide receiver, and a, you know, serviceable handcuff running back. And they're like, yeah. that's too much. And you're like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I know that, that's I'm, what... uh, that I'm going to keep the guy and I'll <laughs> yeah. be happy. Yeah. The same thing with Debo Samuel. If you're going to sell him, that doesn't mean somebody offers you two first and you jump on it because I got two first. No. Right. It means you say, oh, yeah, no, we can start at two firsts and then I want Waddle. Yeah. And if somebody says that's too high, you say, okay, okay. I'm more than happy I'm, keeping I'm Debo happy on my team. Debo, yeah. You know, he's, he's killing it for me. So it's just one of those things. Yeah, he and that's... is at a level of... Right now, he's worth so much because of what he's doing, and he's deserving of it. Yeah. But don't just because his name value is high and he, you know, he's high right now. That doesn't mean you have to sell him. No, you sell him when you get wowed by an offer. Yeah, and and that's that's a thing that I've seen a couple times. Somebody's like, well, I was trying to get more, but they only, you know, so and so is only willing to give up this. Well, then don't fucking sell them. Then don't make the <laughs> trade. Don't fucking sell them. Like, right. there's nothing just because somebody says they want a player on your roster that does not obligate you in any way, shape, or form to trade them. Even if they do wow you, if it's somebody, I'll, I'll just use Corey for example. That's who I was. Derrick Henry, you know, he loves that dude. Earlier in the season, I'm not going to talk about that trade, but like, if. You could send him. You could send him Debo Plus for Derrick Henry, who's on IR now, and he'd just be like, Dude, "No, that's my guy. I want him on my team." And that's you know, if if that's who Debo is to you, then you can do that. 
But if you get an offer that it's just like one of those things where it's like you have to send me something that I cannot refuse. Right. Like absolutely. Then you trade him because that's what his value is worth right now. And especially for somebody who's chasing a championship, they're they're they know they gotta pay they got they gotta pay extra. They gotta pay more than what a player is actually valued at in the long run anyway, because they're chasing that championship. Everybody fucking knows it. And if you wanna go get those players to chase that championship, which I encourage, yep. you gotta pay up. All right, I think we're pretty much on the same page for the sell highs. Let's get into some buy lows. I'll start us off. I think that Devonta Smith, uh, wide receiver for Philadelphia, is a uh, buy low right now. I don't think that, you know, he's not at a low where you can just offer a third and get him. I mean, he's not. He's, he's a good wide receiver. He's a great wide receiver. Um, a lot of people just got done paying an early first for him. Yeah. So it's not low that you can just send whatever you want and you're for sure to get him, but it's lower than what he was to start the season. I think that Hurts has Hurts has hurt him. That sounds stupid, but <laughs> every you know, time I say it, Jalen Hurts doesn't throw the ball as well as other wide or other quarterbacks do, and you know he's the the passing pie is small. He's only throwing for like 140, 170 yards a game, so hard for Devonta Smith to get the yards to make him a top-notch wide receiver. Yeah, I I love this as a buy low because. I think this is one of those players where you just overpay a little bit right now. Even, you know, if people aren't, like, in love with him on their roster, if you just send a little bit more than what you think it would take, then they'll just accept it right out. I think that's going to be a huge underpay in, an, in the next year or two. Right. Um, it, it, whether, you know, Hurts is still his quarterback next year or even the year after that, he's starting to feed him the ball. If you're noticing, like, the last five or six games, he's getting much more involved. And I've I just love this dude coming out of college. He's like, people talked about his size or anything like that, but there's just certain players you watch him and you're like, that dude can be on my team. Devontae Smith is that type of dude where you're like, I, I, I like watching him play. I like what he does. He's tough. He's smart. Um, he knows he's littler than the next guy, so he's not trying to run into linebackers. He knows how to take a hit like with just enough momentum where he's down by contact, but he's not getting blown up. Right. And I really, really appreciate that part of his game. So I, I love that as a buy low. I think that he is, you know, going into the season when he was, you know, he was possibly the, the number one wide receiver off the board yeah. um, in rookie drafts. So, you know, going into this season, you could you had to start at two first for him yeah or you know a first plus an established top wide receiver and he's come down from that and yeah. that's where i think he's a buy low he is still going to cost you you know he's still going to cost you probably a first or cost you a good wide receiver but he he is not where he was because he hasn't had the season that people thought he was going to but you're seeing glimpses like yeah. you're saying you're starting to see him make these great plays and starting to see him get fed the ball and he's becoming a, a much bigger part of the offense, even though that pie is small. Yeah, and, and before the injury happened, I, I saw him getting traded straight across for players like Robert Woods, who it seemed like right. the Robert Woods uh, recipient was winning at that point. But we're also looking at a huge age gap. And um, again, man, I, I try to not judge rookie wide receivers until the second half of their rookie season at, oh, least, at least sometimes, yeah. sometimes even the second season. So um, it's good to see him start kind of showing us what he's going to be in the next right. couple of years. Right. So I'm excited for that. 
So I guess uh, for, for my buy low, it's going to be shocking, um, I know, because I never talk about this guy, but uh, I'm going after Christian McCaffrey right now. And um, I've actually traded for him in a couple leagues, and I'm happy as hell in every league where I've got him. Uh, he still kind of has this stigma right now the last couple years with different types of injuries. It's not like a nagging one injury that right. keeps coming up, so I'm not as worried. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just when you have such high expectations, when you draft somebody 1-1 or when you have somebody at the beginning of the season that you expect to be your championship, like, stud workhorse, and he just hasn't been there for you so far this year, it's, it's a time now where you can acquire him, where normally when he's playing, like, he's, a, he's, he's one of those players where it's like, you can send me whatever, I'm not going to trade him, um, it, it, unless, like, I'm fresh off a championship, which is when I sold him last time. But... It, it, like right now he's still like he's been back a couple weeks now he's finished as a wide receiver or a, a running back five a running back six uh and he's not getting the recognition as like that because you're used to seeing 30 points right, a game you're right. used to seeing a touchdown or 100 yards receiving and 50 yards rushing or any mix of that and he hasn't quite done that yet but he's only playing like under 65 percent of the snaps and so once this guy gets back to like the 85 or up to 100 percent of the snaps right, where he right, was right. where he lived at that 100 percent of the snaps like this dude again i was watching the game he hasn't lost anything man like he's still making crazy agile plays smart with the football he like got his legs taken down with him and landed on one hand and then just got his feet under him and ran for another six yards i mean this dude by all accounts by everything i can see still has at least this year and another year after that in him of just being a dominant ass running back um so i did trade him i traded uh deandre swift in a couple seconds and i got him and Ertz and one of oh robert woods who's sitting on my r anyway i got all that back for swift in a couple seconds and, and like i said during the show or or when we were off mic like i have a crush on swift but i'm in love with fucking christian mccaffrey so if you can get him right now is probably one of the only times where you're going to be able to trade for him so i say go for it yeah no he is definitely i did the same i traded for him in the league and uh i'm ecstatic to have him um he is like you said, he's not getting the recognition as being one of the top uh, running backs because he's, you know, hitting 100 total yards, but he's not hitting 200 total yards. Yeah. And he's getting a touchdown every other game instead of every game. Um, but, you know, the guy's 25. He's been around. You, to me, he feels like he's got to be close to 27, 28. Yeah. Just because he's been around for a while. Yeah, he came like out he, young. But he's 25. He's still in it. Yeah. I mean, you know. It used to be what running backs went till 30. Now it's creeping to like 29, 28. Yeah. You know, and it's it's creeping down, but still he's 25. Yeah, no, like I said, he's got at least this year and one more year in him. I wouldn't be, and the way he normally takes care of his body and his workout regimen, like him and Austin Eckler are both like up there with just how much pride they take in how physically well they take care of themselves and their exercise regimen. So I, I could see him playing like 28. Yeah, yeah easily. He, yep. My next buy low is Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. And I think for both the guys, for Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Mahomes, again, buy low doesn't mean that you can get them for whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. But this time last year, they were untouchable. No. You know, you can't trade Andy Dalton in the first and get Patrick Mahomes. No. That's not buying low. <laughs> yeah. But literally this time last year, I mean, you could send Josh Allen and people were turning you down. I mean, you could send Josh Allen in the first and people were turning down Patrick Mahomes. Now, 
due to their seasons, you know, Christian McCaffrey was that he was injured. He was out yep. for a little bit. Patrick Mahomes is now due to he's not having a Patrick Mahomes season. And I looked into some of this stuff, and, you know, a big thing that's going around in the NFL right now is the two high safeties. Yeah. And, uh, you know, two high safeties is basically the Tampa two. It's yeah. what they used to run, you know, back then. And, you know, I was listening to the Manning cast uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was like week two or something like that. And, uh, you know, it was uh, Aaron Rodgers. They were running the, the two high safeties on him. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was Peyton, but he was basically saying, you know, it's like, if Aaron will take the underneath routes and and do that, then he's going to keep moving down down the field. Mm-hmm. You know, how long can he take the underneath routes? If he's smart and you know doing the right thing, he'll take the seven yard pass over and over and over and over again, and they'll score a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes is like Brett Favre. Yeah. He's a gunslinger. He's he wants to wing it around. So. I think that his stats are down right now because he's not willing to do that seven-yard pass, seven-yard pass, seven-yard pass, you know, eight times to get down the field and score a touchdown. He'll do it once, he'll do it twice, and then he's got to unleash it. Yeah. He's got to throw it deep, and he keeps getting picked off, and he keeps making bad throws, you know, third and six, and he's throwing an 18-yard, 20-yard pass, and it's getting broke up. Yeah. Well, and you're used to getting it to Tyreek Hill. 100%. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the guy, we've seen it since the guy was in probably high school, but yeah. college for sure. <laughs> the guy just slings the ball around, and it happens. He yeah. throws it, you know, wherever he wants, and, and it goes. The guy's going to figure it out. Oh, he's yeah. one of the smartest guys in the he's NFL. He's got Andy Reid. He's got Andy Reid. <laughs> He's young, but right now he is attainable. It's gonna, it's still gonna cost you a lot. Right. But right now you're getting him at the guy is leading. I don't know if he he was leading the league in picks for a little bit. I don't know where he's at. Totally I think he now, still is. Yeah. I mean, once, and then the other thing is the you know the thing that Peyton was saying is, uh, you know those seven yard passes, seven yard passes, seven yard passes make the defense have to change what yes. they're doing. They're no longer running the two yeah. high safeties. But that was the argument that he was saying. How long can Aaron do that yeah. until he gets the sling? You know, but Aaron, Aaron is the smartest guy in yeah. the NFL. <laughs> He's going to do that, and he did. I mean, he just oh, picked yeah. him apart, picked him apart. I don't even remember who they were playing, but they won like 35 to 14 or something like that. Like, so I think Patrick Mahomes is going to figure it out. Um, I think eventually, you know, he's going to figure out how the defenses are playing him, and he's going to change his game to attack that, which will then lead to him being able to yes. go back to those deep yeah. passes. And Tyreek will get open down the field and everything will be right, right in the world right. again. <laughs> right, you know. I, I had at one point in our show doc, this, you know, one of the questions was like, do the Chiefs suck? Yeah, yeah. I was wondering what that question was. Well, because I wanted to bring some of this yeah. up, you know. And, but it's like, no, they're just out of their element a little bit. They have to evolve, which I'm sure they will. Like, uh, I have faith in Andy Reid being able to readjust you know this might be one of those seasons where they're readjusting in the season and and it, god forbid if they figure it out before the playoffs because you're just going to have a new hybrid where you're going to have to now readjust your whole defensive scheme to a new chiefs offensive scheme right and i i man they still have tyreek they still have kelsey right. you know right they, they, right and you even saw some things like you know kelsey taking the the direct snap oh, yeah. and you know so they're doing that same little shovel pass that they uh ran to Ertz. they're doing some of that to kelsey yeah. and, you know they, they are doing some stuff 
but then sometimes the guy just wants to sling it out yep. and it, it doesn't turn out well for yeah him, exactly so. all right let's uh let's get into some matchups that we think you can take advantage of for this week we're gonna just kind of go through some guys that we think have a you know a good chance to do well in in week 12 uh miyagi start us off who you got so i'm just starting off with uh tyler lockett so he's going against a washington secondary uh, by all accounts, they've been hot garbage this year. There's no pass rush, so um, you give Russell Wilson any amount of time to find Lockett down the field, he's going to. They have a chemistry that's amazing. Hopefully, Wilson's finger is well enough where he can huck the ball down to him and get it to him. Um, you know, Tyler Lockett kind of comes in waves, you know what I mean? Like, he'll have four great games, three trash games. I think right now he's, like, on four or five trash games. But um, you did start seeing him getting utilized a little bit more. So I do think this is going to be the beginning of another uh, Tyler Lockett big game wave, maybe the next couple with the matchups coming up. Um, and that's just what the doctor ordered for Russ to get back on track, man. Perfect, yep. Um, my first one, I have uh, Scary Terry. I think Terry McLaurin versus in the same game versus Seattle cornerbacks, um, I think it's a great matchup for him. We saw what he can do last week. He had a, uh, had a big game, had a great game. And, you know, stick with him. He, he's been a little, little down this year, but I think uh, against Seattle, um, I think it's going to be a good game for him. I think he's going to do well. Yeah, and um, I know we're running short on time, so I'll keep this short, but just watch Terry McLaurin play. Dude is a fucking stud. He's a beast. <laughs> um, my other matchup, I got uh, David Montgomery. Uh, I was looking into some of the worst run defenses. The Cardinals are bottom of the barrel by a lot. Uh, I don't know exactly when that happened. I know it's um, mostly when they're going against really good running backs. Those guys feast to a point where it's dropped their entire defensive ranking down to the bottom of the barrel. And I do put David Montgomery in that good running back category. I think he's going to do very well. And um, I look for Andy Dalton to kind of um, feed him some screen passes, some little dump offs. I think it's going to be great for him. Yeah, no, I can't, can't argue that. I think you're right. Um, my other one, Miles Sanders um, versus the Giants. Um, you know, he just got back off injury. He actually ran the ball pretty well last week, and it was against the Saints. He just didn't do a whole lot else. He didn't have any catches. He did fumble. Um, but he got, like, 94 yards rushing. You know, his he has a high yard per carry this year. He's at 4.99, basically five yards per carry, which is good. Um, last week, he only had a 46% snap share. Uh, unfortunately, part of that is because of the fumble, but part of that's also that, you know, he He's just came back. back. Yeah. Um, I think he gets more opportunities this week. I think he, you know, kind of showed off that he is their best running back. Um, you know, again, it's the Eagles. Who knows what they're going to do? But hopefully he can sneak a TD away from Hurts and, and score and, and have a good game. And I'm just going to kind of free ball here. I was going um, on some of the secondary matchups. So I think we've established Debo is the wide receiver one for the Niners. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk looks to have a really good second cornerback uh, yeah. matchup yeah. Uh, with the Vikings. Um, so, and I, I do, I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be a high scoring game. A lot of knockout blows back and forth. I hope everybody's going to be eating, but I'd feel pretty confident starting Ayuk this week. So in my, my redraft league, I'm actually starting Debo and Ayuk. Fuck yeah, get and, it, Cowboy. And, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, I feel good with that. Um, a tough matchup this week that I think might happen. I think Cedric Wilson versus the Raiders. Um, he was kind of what we talked about already. He was kind of a top pickup this week because Amari is out and CD may be out too. 
Um, but I'm not a fan of him in this matchup. I think that uh, Gallup will clearly be the number one yeah. if both CD and Amari are out. And then I think the tight ends and even the running backs. I mean, I think Pollard could have a decent game catching the ball. Yeah. Um, I think the, the tight ends are going to help. And I, I don't like Cedric Wilson. I mean, like I mentioned, he's actually their fourth wide receiver at best. Um, and Las Vegas is... Las Vegas's, Las Vegas, <laughs> Las the, Ra- <laughs> the Raiders cornerbacks and just past defense has actually been fairly well. So I don't like Cedric Wilson in this week. Uh, all right, guys, we just finished our six pack. We're done with our beer of the day. And uh, let's get on to our drunken trade of the week. This is a trade that God. somebody, you know, had to be drunk to put some of these out. Absolutely. There. I mean, there's, there's no, no reason why you would why you would make this trade and you know this trade i'm, I'm just going to preface it jonathan taylor's in this trade and to be fair it was offered before last week's games um so jonathan taylor was five touchdowns shorter uh before but it's still bad uh our friend uh i guess we're not supposed to say their names i don't know who this person is but um he got the privilege of getting matt ryan and uh, it's a dynasty league, so he was getting Matt Ryan and Michael Carter. Um, Matt Ryan was coming off a big week a couple weeks ago, but for this trade, he was coming off a .68 points. Yeah, dog shit game. And Michael Carter, I mean, Michael Carter's been good. I'm not, you know, I play him in a league, and I'm, I'm happy with him. He's now injured, but again, this was before that. Michael Carter's been good. Um, but to, to receive those players, he has to give up Justin Fields, <laughs> who, I mean, we both agree in a dynasty league, I mean, is on his way to at least being a, a good serviceable quarterback. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, we think higher of him. Yeah. I, I think I wouldn't trade him for, you know. Any, any type of quarterback who has the rushing ability that he has and who's drafted, who's going to be at least starting for the next couple of years, has value. Yeah. Like, hundred percent. So yeah, Justin Fields and then our boy Jonathan Taylor. You know, you get Jonathan Taylor and Justin you Fields and the, the dynasty uh, running back one right there. Yeah, yeah, Matt Ryan and Michael Carter. I mean, those make sense, right? No, it makes sense if you want to start anger management, it, like because it, it's just so stupid. Like, what are, what are what are you hoping like this guy is gonna think? Like, oh yeah, um, Michael Carter <laughs> killing it for the Jets and and Matt Ryan. Um, who, by all accounts, is like a complete yo-yo of a player this year, up and down. Um, yeah, I'll give up Jonathan Taylor and Justin Fields for that. Fuck yeah, dude. Sign me up, dude. I love gambling my house away. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, Jonathan Taylor, before this last week, hadn't been good. Oh, oh yeah. no, 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 yeah, he's, RB1. he's still the RB1. Yeah, he still led the league in rushing um, and had 10 touchdowns now, just a measly 15 halfway through the season. And, okay, for, for either one of those players on, on the sending side... I don't think I would make that trade either way. Like, especially if it's a, if it's a super flex league, I wouldn't t- trade Justin Fields for Michael Carter or Matt Ryan. Right, I sure right. in the fuck wouldn't trade Jonathan Taylor for, for those players, plus a buttload. Like, I mean, what are we talking? Like, what, what does it take to get a Jonathan Taylor and a Justin Fields? I mean, I mean, is it, like, extortion? Does he have naked pictures of the dude's mom <laughs> or something like that? Is it, like... I mean, what do you, you got to say? If you're sitting there looking and you're like, okay, it's a dynasty super flex league, I want Jonathan Taylor... I want Justin Fields. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how many firsts you start with, but you also, I mean, you, you start with Nick Chubb, right, right. say, or yeah. somebody yeah, yeah. of that quality yeah. to get Jonathan. I mean, you, you know, I'll give you Nick Chubb. I'll give you a first. And then, you know, Justin Fields, you have to be giving, uh, you know, somebody starter. I'll give you Kirk Cousins. 
right? I mean, yeah. Kirk Cousins, Nick Chubb, and a first maybe dude. gets the conversation started. Even still, it'd be like, dude, you're way off. But, but I mean, yeah, at least like, like, at least I'm not talking shit about you on a fucking <laughs> podcast at that point. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least you have to say like, ah, no, Jonathan Taylor's more valuable to that to me. But at least you're like, eh, yeah. no, no yeah. I'm not there, dude. Like I. Anybody can look at their team and say, I want Jonathan Taylor and Justin Fields. But then to, like, value, like, okay, I want them. That means you already acknowledge that they have a certain amount of value because you fucking want them. So then you're going to go on your, your like, if, if, if Matt Ryan is currently starting in your, dra- in, in your team, then your team's not very good and Jonathan Taylor isn't going to help you anyway. And right, then right. if you have Michael Carter in your starting lineup, the same can be said. So you want to trade the running back one plus a fucking badass quarterback prospect for two people that are probably on your fucking bench. You're a that's dick. What, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was just, I was just as you were talking, I was just saying that too. So you're like, okay, let me look at this roster. I want their best player yes. and a quarterback who could become a star. Okay, so I want their best player. <laughs> yeah. Let me look at my lineup. Well, I don't want to give any of my good players. <laughs> So I'll give you, yeah, I mean, even if you're starting Michael Carter on your team, like exactly what you're saying, if he is your running back one or two. It's because of injury, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, oh, God, yeah, that is, God. I'll give you, yeah, two bench players, and you give me the best player in football right now. Yeah, how about you give me your car, and I'll give you my old rollerblades from the 80s. (laughs) No, no, it's got to be a scooter or I'm out. Two rollerblades. (laughs) Get one for each foot. How about that? Guys, fuck. Always remember to look at the other team's roster when you're sending out a trade. You don't want to end up at bad fantasy football trades on Facebook. Don't do stuff like this. But keep sharing them when it does happen because we get a kick out of it. I tell you what. When you're sitting there and you're like, man, I kind of want to send these shit-ass players (laughs) for this guy's best player. Should I do it? Send us an email, yeah. fantasyondraft at gmail.com. Be yeah. like, here's what I'm thinking. Should I do this trade? Add and Justin Fields. That's what we'll tell you every time. <laughs> and we'll put you on the podcast while we make fun of you. Um, guys, unflex your players. Don't forget, this week especially, there's, yeah, there's three games lot. on there's Thursday. Yep. Get your Thursday night, Thursday day. Get your Thanksgiving players into their actual positions. Move them out of the flex. Move them into running back. Move them into wide receiver. Move them into tight end. So that when Sunday comes around, you're not stuck having to, you know, fill in a running back only or a wide receiver only. Give yourself the flexibility to play a flex player. Um, We didn't have any five-star reviews this week, um, but if you'll give us some more of those, we'd love to shout you out on the show. Um, Happy Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, dude. Thanks. Go ahead. Well, I I know you have it on here, but I I was going to say even more important than a five-star review is is being worldwide, man. Dude, yeah. No, (laughs) that's what I was just going to say. We want to shout out to our uh, listeners, hopefully, um, in Belgium and in Germany. Yeah. Uh, We love you guys. We're consistently uh, getting, you know, notices that... We're worldwide. We're uh, Mr. Worldwide. I mean, we're, you know, people listen to us around the world. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty fair to say we're a big fucking deal, man. If you listen to <laughs> us in Belgium or Germany, shoot us an email. Let us know who you are. We guarantee you we will read it. Fantasy on draft, D-A-R-A-U-G-H-D, at gmail.com. Love you all. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Give a dog a hug. And just be nice to people. Deuces. Peace.